care. That's what sets Chrissy Reese apart from the pack of ad agencies and professionals competing for your dollars. She freaking cares. Oh, and she's an absolute data whisperer. <laughs> she can tell you the tales locked in your data. Not to mention, from an ethics standpoint, you could throw ad dollars at her and she'd pick them up and hand them back to you if she knows your business isn't ready. Let's get into my second interview with Chrissy Reese, the founder of the Data Driven Rebel. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie, and Chrissy Reese is gracing us again with her presence for her second episode on the podcast. Chrissy, thank you so much for joining us. Ruthie, I'm so happy to be here. So in Chrissy's last episode, which is the guest episode just before this one, she told us about how she started out as a blogger who realized she hated writing and instead focused on the areas that she truly enjoyed. And now she is a very knowledgeable and ethical ads professional getting amazing results for her clients. And her company is called the Data Driven Rebel, which I absolutely love because who knew that data and rebel would go in like the same package, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to learn more about her story and how she got to where she is today, definitely check out that last episode. But today we are going to spend the entire time talking about the topic, why your ads suck or at least are underperforming. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for being willing to do this. I feel like I should be paying you, but instead we'll make sure that we do really good promotion. That's what we're known for, promoting our guests amazingly. But my first question for you, and this you know, may or may not be an incredibly personal business question, <laughs> but how do we know if we're ready for ads? Like when somebody gets on a call with you, what is it that you're looking for? Yeah. Maybe even better question, like what will make you say no? That's a good one. So the things that I'm kind of looking for, I want to see, number one, have you ever run ads before? If yes, cool. If no, why not? Or why now? And then once we kind of hash that out a little bit, I really start looking at the data. Okay, which funnel is it that you're thinking that you want to run ads to? Why are running ads so important? What are your conversion rates? Once people are on your email list, do they open your emails? Do they click your links? So we're looking at a lot of, I call them lead indicators. Mm -hmm. A lot of ads people in this space kind of focus on the lag indicators. They focus on that conversion or the purchase, which is the very last thing I'm even looking at. I'm looking at what's your organic reach? How are you engaging with people without putting money behind it? Are you showing up on social, on YouTube, on wherever, whatever platform you're being most consistent on? Mm -hmm. And we start to piece together what this bigger picture looks like for people. And if the bigger picture says, hey, ads aren't going to work for you or they're not right for you, then the answer is no. Like if most of your people 
are coming from YouTube, there is no reason for you to run Facebook ads. Your audience is not on Facebook, potentially. You need to double down on YouTube Mm -hmm. and because that's clearly already working for you. Right. A lot of people think that they just have to run Facebook ads because that's what everybody says to do. Oh no, not everybody. But if your audience isn't there or if your audience isn't used to engaging with you there, it's not worth the fight. So I'm when I'm looking at people. Yeah. So if you're on YouTube, run YouTube ads. (laughs) That makes sense. Makes logical sense, right? So really, ultimately, it comes down to, is your business making money? If yes, cool, you pass, you're on to step two. Okay, do you have the financial means to run ads and be in the red, potentially, or break even for you know a month or two? If yes, great. If no, you're not ready. The risk is not worth it for you. I was chatting with someone the other week who has a She has a course, but also like a physical product that she sells to people. And she's like, you know, you're the person I want to hire you. This is going to be great. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's hold the horses here for a second. How much money are you making on every sale? She told me like, okay, cool. How much does it cost you then to send the physical product to mail it and the cost of the item itself? She told me, and I'm like, okay, if you just break even on your ads, You will go into the negative every single month because you're paying me. You don't have the margins to be able to afford to hire out for ads yet. It doesn't make sense. And then people always follow up with, they always follow up with, well, but I want to give you money. Won't you just take my money? (laughs) No, I cannot take your money knowing that you're going to end up in the red. The numbers don't work. So we've been talking a lot about that type of stuff on the podcast. And I think by the time this interview goes live, we'll have some of the episodes that where I'm exploring like the financial ramifications and some financial considerations for these types of investments. But to hear you say it, right? Like you don't have the margins for this. And I think that this is really important because you're in one of the spaces that people consider like a money space, right? So like another money space would be like salespeople or like sales consultants, right? Where they're like, I'm working with you on sales. So of of course you're gonna make money, right? But like you just said it, like you don't have the margins for this. Like what if you're red or break even for a couple of months? Are, is your business, is it you know good to deal with that? And if not, then it wouldn't, it, like it, from, from your standpoint, the way that your values and everything are set up, it wouldn't be ethical for you to move forward with that person knowing that type of risk. And people vastly underestimate the pressure that that places not just on themselves, but also on you as the professional who is handling their ads, but then also them again, like that's putting them in like a very, you know, scarcity type of, of mindset. Although, so I said this on an episode, but I don't think it's gone live yet, but it'll probably be live by the time that this goes live. But I said, you have like a scarcity mindset, except that it's real because you have no fucking money. So like... There are so many people that I talk to and engage with and I see it in the groups, you know, online where people are like, you know what, just give it $500, just give it $1,000. And I'm like, you're asking them to put all that they have into this one thing and pray to the universe that it's going to work. Ads don't work like that. It is a process. It is hard work. And you have to be willing to take a loss to then be able to see the other side of all of that testing. And if you can't carry that burden, it is not worth the investment. So many people come in and they click that publish button in ads manager when they're kind of DIYing their ads. And they're like, I'm going to use the example of like clenching your butt cheeks together. Like, oh, I hope this is going to work. This is going to work. This better work. Oh man, this really needs to work. And it doesn't. 
And then those are the people who are like, ads aren't going to work for me. They didn't work. I tried it one time. It it was a failure. Ads aren't going to work. But that's not the reality. The reality is you were not setting yourself up for success with your expectations, with your understanding of the ads process, all all of that. So I have a question that I didn't write down, but I don't know if this is actually true in terms of what's happening or if it's more like, Ruthie, you learned more about it and that's why it seems more complicated. But I feel like some years ago, running Facebook ads was easier than it is now. Is that like a true thing or is that just me knowing more, therefore I know more about what I don't know kind of thing? No, that's a that's a hundred percent a thing. So you gotta you have to realize Facebook advertising is still relatively in its infancy, right? So you know, five, eight, ten years ago, you could throw up any shitty old ad on the platform, and it was gonna do great. It's like Pinterest back in when Pinterest was first starting. A lot of bloggers could get easy traffic because there weren't that many pins out there. Mm-hmm. But now. As competition has increased on the platform, on the advertising platform, and as you know, people are starting to shift and be more conscious about their own digital privacy, lots of things have changed when it comes to Facebook ads. So you can't anymore just throw up an ad and pray to the universe that this audience of really no targeting is going to work for you. Some people right now are saying, well, I'm just running ads with no targeting at all and letting Facebook figure it out. If you have the money to do that, Facebook is figuring out how to charge your card. Like that's the only thing Facebook is fucking figuring out. They don't care about you. They literally do not care. They're like, well, the algorithm is going to optimize for my conversion event. Like, okay, but how much money are you going to invest before they figure it out? You're placing an awful lot on the algorithm's ability to figure shit out. It's a computer, so it's smart, but it's not that smart. Right, exactly. That's that's fantastic. Okay. I, I do feel a bit better about that. I was like, oh, I feel like it used to be easier. And yes, on that thing about Pinterest, and I'm sure, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but there are still people out here who are making a killing selling courses and programs on Pinterest like it was Pinterest from five years ago. And that's shady as hell. <laughs> so on that, Ruthie, we're going we're gonna to ride that train for a second because people are doing the same thing with Facebook ads. Yeah. Say the same thing. They are selling ad strategies that worked five to seven years ago, but they will not work today. And they won't work today because users on the platform are smarter. They know what ads look like. I know it's shocking. They know what ads look like. They are much more sophisticated, sophisticated, or they're much more discerning, I think now. Yeah, I was going to say savvy is another one I like to use. When it comes to their scroll. And so people are going to look at stuff and say, no, keep going. So when you have a a user base who is very much on the Facebook platform a lot, you can see that in the numbers that Facebook releases, you know, how many users did we gain? What's the average user time on the platform? Facebook tells you that. So you know people are on the platform. But you also know that competition in the ad space is increasing. The way that we have to engage with people is changing. Consumers are smarter. So your marketing has to shift with that. So if you're following somebody's course that they charged you $3,000 for, but they haven't updated it since 2010, guess what? Your ads are probably going to suck. And you and you just spent $3,000 on something that's outdated. But that is something that I don't think we pay enough attention to as, you know, business consumers. You know, just because this person was able to get results five years ago, the marketing strategies 
the approaches have to be tweaked and refined on an almost constant basis because they lose efficacy. And how quickly they lose efficacy is dependent on various factors, one of which being the sophistication of the audience that you're speaking to. So yeah, so efficacy, the loss of efficacy is something that a lot of people don't count on. And so it's important, like you want somebody like you who's been in the space for quite some time, but you also want demonstrations of the fact that this person still got it right? Like they're not spending 90% of their time on marketing. So they have no idea what's going on with ads. Therefore, they can't update their course. Yeah. And you you make a, a really interesting point, Ruthie. It's kind of this balance between cookie cutter advice that everyone wants to follow because some guru said it's going to work versus how people, right? Because we're all people interact and engage on a social platform. Most people do not open their Facebook app and say, I'm going to go click on an ad today. Nobody says that. No one says that. I said it once, (laughs) but it was for a product that had been following me around for months and I was finally ready to buy it, but I couldn't remember the name of it. And I was like, come on, let me see that ad. Let me see that ad. And eventually I did. (laughs) And I bought it. Like, please, Facebook lords, show me the ad. But I was finally ready. (laughs) But very few people. It follows yeah. you around long enough to force you to make that commitment. But that's that's the other thing. So we have to think about user experience, right? What are users looking for when they are on Facebook? Okay. And then two, and you just illustrated it, how many touches does it take your people to decide to purchase something? I have a um, a client that I was working with a while ago. I got all of her analytics set up. We got everything rolling. And she's like, why doesn't my deadline funnel work? You know, this is a five-day deadline funnel. It worked in the past. I don't understand what's going on. And I'm hopping in and I'm looking at it. And I'm going, well, no, your five-day deadline funnel is not going to work because I think it was something like 70% of your customers buy after seven exposures to your brand, seven exposures in like 14 days. And you've got a five-day deadline funnel. Oh. And so you, you, you're stopping here at five days. And they may not be ready to buy until day 14. So they had a misattribution of the success of that funnel in the past. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is so good. This is so juicy. Okay. So for those people who are starting ads, right? Like when you're getting ready to start and let's say they're they're working with an agency or hopefully they're working with you after listening to this podcast, but... What are the goals, you know, what are the the KPIs? What are the things that you're looking at when you're starting ads since that's a lot different than maintaining? Yeah, so when I when I am starting ads, what's really important for me, well, first we start with why. Why are you running ads now? So I want to start with that why piece and I know why is a huge part of who you are, Ruthie, and and why you do what you do, right? We have to start with that why. And when you are starting ads, your why is going to be different than your why when you're a year, two years into your ads journey. So at the beginning, what do you want? Do you want just increased visibility because you know your organic strategy has been working for a long time, so you're ready to just kick it up a little bit? Or do you want to jump in head first and try some conversion ads? Either of those things are fine. Both of those are very solid whys, but the data and the things that we're looking at are going to be different. So since most people want to start with conversion ads, I'm going to I'm going to start with those. What I am looking at, I'm looking at the link click-through rate. A lot of people look at this like general click-through 
you know, click through rate of like all click throughs, but in ads manager, you can filter it down and just see the link. I want to see the percentage of people who see your ad and then click that link. If it's under 1%, your ad is shit. If it's between one to 3%, that is about industry average. Really for a long time, people used to say a 1% click through rate is great. For some people it is, but I like to see my clients get 2% and above. And then with three, four, and five being kind of my my ideal goals. Because once I get there, I know that we have our audience nailed. We have our messaging nailed. We have the creative locked. So 5% of the people who are seeing your ad are clicking it. And if I can get that down, everything else is going to follow through. But early on, if that click-through rate is low, it means you've got some work to do either with your audience or with your uh, messaging. I like that. I like that. And so just what I want to highlight for anybody who's listening is that, you know, based on Chrissy's experience, like that's where this is coming from is it's coming from her experience. But what I'd also like to note is that she's also got that breadth of experience that if for some reason it was in fact something else, she'd be able to figure it out. Whereas, you know, me, I'd be just be like, oh shit, uh, she said it was shit, but I have no idea why. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know? So I think that that's something there as well. Like we're, we're dealing with numbers, but when you get that granular, I just listened to a book. It's called The Creativity Leap by Natalie Nixon. And it was fantastic. But she was talking in one area of the book, she was talking about intuition. And she talks about three different types. And don't ask me because I can't remember the three different types, but I can remember one of them is just like your basic layperson intuition, like that gut instinct. But there's another type of intuition that comes from subject mastery. And by mastery, I don't mean you're done learning, but just that you have a very deep well of knowledge around something. And so there's a certain type of intuition that's associated with that, that level of knowledge that you know so much that maybe even if you couldn't pinpoint why you knew the answer to whatever in that particular moment, you do in fact know it. And it may come from several different areas in that well of expertise that you have. And with the increasing complexity of ad, I just wanted to highlight that like working with somebody like you, a client's going to get that benefit of your, your deep well of knowledge and therefore your I, I don't know remember what Natalie calls it in the book, but that kind of like that master level of intuition that somebody who just doesn't have the knowledge is like you're not going to know because the possibility of you knowing doesn't exist because you don't have the knowledge or the vocabulary or anything to even know it. So anyway, that's my woo for the ads and numbers episode. <laughs> so it's funny to hear you talk about intuition because I actually a few months back somebody reached out to me and we started working together and. They were at that point, they were like, you know what? I have these other ads people, but I really want you to just look at the data and tell me what to do. Like, cool. I can do that. That is a thing that I do for people. Thank goodness. They need it. (laughs) A lot of people need it. And so she was like, I I just want to be clear. What's that thing? You will go and double check, be the second set of eyes for somebody who's already got an ads agency or an ads consultant. All right. Yeah. Y'all already heard it. So I just want, if if you got questions, (laughs) she does it. She does it. I just want to make sure everybody knows. Yeah. (laughs) So when she came to me, she's like, I just, I can feel something. Something's not right. I can feel it, but I don't know enough to know what to go look for in ads manager. She's like, they're they're telling me one thing. It's just not making sense to me. I'm like, all right, sure. So I hopped in and I'm looking around and I'm like, these people have spent $15,000 over the last you know, week to 10 days. They have not made a single conversion, not a single sale out of those 
thousand dollars. No. And I'm going, wh- wh- who, what, what was your ads person doing? Where were they the last ten days? And it was, it was a small, s- seemingly small thing. They, that mm-hmm. person didn't have the right conversion event selected in the campaign that they were running at the time, which seems like such a small thing, but in the scope of ads, if you don't have that conversion event correct, uh-huh. your ads will never optimize for that event to occur. So they kept spending and spending and spending and spending and spending. Uh-huh. And Facebook was never able to see the result because that it was the wrong event. Oh my goodness. And thankfully this particular business 15 grand for them was like a drop in the bucket, but still I'm looking at it going, that's $15,000 that you wasted in ad spend. So these are the changes that I I think you need to have your ads person make like immediately. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, I mean, and the idea, right. Cause if you're starting ads and you're, you're testing and stuff. So even if something like that had happened, if somebody was carefully monitoring right? And knew what to look for at the beginning stages of underperformance, then they would have been able to get in there and fix it way before we hit numbers like 15,000, right? Yes. So it was like, what, they started the campaign and went on vacation? <laughs> like, Or they were just n- not paying attention. And that happens a lot because, you know, most ads people <sighs> will look at things and they'll go, well, my ad's getting clicks. So if you're not getting conversions, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. Oh my goodness. And that is, it. it is a hill that I am willing to die on when it comes to the ads industry, because you, your ads do not work in a vacuum, right? They're not in a silo. They don't exist on their own. It is something that we do in addition to all of the other pieces of your business and all mm-hmm. of the other moving parts. Everything is connected. Mm-hmm. So if we're simply absolving ourselves of, well, my ad's getting clicks. So if you're not getting conversions, that's a you thing. That's a problem because your ad has to work in conjunction with your organic posts, with your landing page, with the messaging overall, with the audience targeting. And if all of those things are not in alignment, even if some of the numbers look okay on the front end, but on the back end, they don't make sense. There's a disconnect and we need to figure out why. Why is it happening and what can we do to fix it? That's amazing. So Chrissy said it, you're not allowed to absolve yourself of that (laughs) that responsibility. And I guess this ties back, right, to what we were talking about before. Like, what are you looking for? You know, what will make you say no to a client? Like, if they don't have the infrastructure, like, you could run the best ads on the planet and it's not going to matter. They don't have the infrastructure to support what it is that they're they're trying to do. And it would be unethical to move forward with them and take their money. I just want to throw it as a side note, though. I think it's going to be a super long time before I blow $15,000 and don't notice. So <laughs> that's like, that's some serious fuck you money right there. Like you're on that level where like 15000 is gone. No, I didn't even notice. Like as an ads person, it's just baffling to me that as an ads person, like you would just be like, la la la, here we go. <laughs> like, and it's just, it's just cha-ching. Facebook was happy, I guess. Facebook was real happy. Here, Here's the thing. When we get businesses who are upper seven figures into the eight figure, 15 grand in ad spend is not a big amount to them. But and here, here's, here's the but. Mm-hmm. There's always a but. But. If you're the person who is running your ads does not feel like a, some sort of connection to your results and to your ad spend, 
they will not care that they wasted that money. Right. There are very few people in the ad space who care so deeply about their clients' results that it feels like they're spending, they're spending, like I'm spending my own money. Right. Like I know this isn't my money, but I also know it's not monopoly money. Right. So why wouldn't I care about the amount that you are entrusting me right. to spend on your behalf. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that care factor, then it's just like, oh, whoops, sorry about that. Whereas if you feel if you if you care really deeply, then it's like an oh shit, I messed that up. We gotta, and of course you're gonna catch it a lot sooner because um, you're monitoring the data mm-hmm. immediately, right? But it's just, it's one of those things that happens all too commonly in in the space. You can talk to anybody who's run Facebook ads or worked with, you know, an agency and nine times out of 10, someone is, someone is going to have a horror story. Yeah. I I was telling you before we hit record that that, I feel like that's all I've ever heard are horror stories. And so the fact that I keep seeing success stories with your name tied to them, you know, really, you know, means something to me. I've gotten to know you over, you know, I, I guess it would probably be like at least the last six to nine months or so. And just to see that not, it's, it's like you're, so I had uh, Dr. Amit Goswami on the podcast. And this is what I'm going to close with. Um, I had Dr. Amit Goswami on the podcast. He had four episodes with us. And we were talking about abundance, right? And kind of like that that energy that pervades everything. And I was asking him, we were talking about like manipulative tactics and this lack of care in the business space. One, how it can actually get in the way of the abundance in your own life, because not all abundance is financial abundance. But another thing that he shared with me is that a lot of people do this type of tactics and, and engage in these type of, of operations because they don't have good examples of what to do besides that. So we see very like people who would otherwise operate in a very ethical way do these things because that's all they've ever known and they are under the impression that it's the only way to do something. He told me that right now we are figuring that way out. We are the front runners for the people who are going to come after us. And after, you know, recording these two episodes with you, I'm sure that it feels like you're just screaming into the wind. But I think that you're one of the people in this space. You are going to forge the path for for your level of care that's tied to your success. That's the thing is like people have a like you demonstrably show that you can care and still get wild success for your clients, which I'm willing to bet that a lot of people aren't under that impression. And it's not because they don't necessarily want to be, but if that's all you've ever seen, then you're you're conditioned to not see anything else. And so that was something he shared with me. And I just, I really do think that you're one of these people in this space, the data-driven rebel who's the trailblazer showing people, hey, you don't have to go that way. We can go this way. And it's it's my hope that as we continue to do this type of work and, and put the voices out there, that the other ways will stop working, not because they don't work, quote unquote, but because people are just generally aware that there's a better way to do something. And so they just won't tolerate it anymore. And then everybody's going to have to do it your way. Yeah. And I appreciate hearing you say that, Ruby, because I think <laughs> I'll be totally transparent, right? We're, I can't be anything but transparent. For a long time, sort of, well, not even a long time, Prior to about a year ago, I was becoming so jaded with the ads industry as a whole because people were just accepting mediocre results. And to me, in my head, I'm going, why is that okay? 
why is average or mediocre or a one X row as the okay or the gold standard that should not be the, the end all be all. So I felt like I was starting to rock the boat and scream into the void a bit. And everybody was like, "Eh, this is just, this is just the way it is. And I'm like, well, I don't accept that. I can't accept that. And so that's when I started, you know, for, you know, shifting and forging my own path and not being afraid to use my voice to help other consumers in the business space, especially become more aware of a lot of the practices um, happening inside advertising. Oh, wonderful. Well, this has been fantastic. I'm really glad that we were able to finally get this on the calendar. This has been something I've been really looking forward to. So again, much like the previous episode, if you're interested in connecting with Chrissy, maybe you are working with an ads agency. You want a second set of eyes. You want somebody who cares to bring that second set of eyes. Or maybe you're like, hey, am I ready for ads? I Somebody told me I was. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. And you want somebody who's legitimately going to give you a real answer. Definitely use any any of the links down there, check out her website, get to know her and schedule the call if that's what you need to do. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm with Chrissy on this one. I'm done watching people blow money. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> so if you have an opportunity to save money, get that second set of eyes because that investment is worth that. Imagine how much you could save potentially, but it could also open the door to, to increase your profit margins. So Chrissy, thank you so much for being here. Ruthie, thank you for having me. Always a, always a pleasure to chat. All right. So again, make sure that if you know anybody who's running ads, who's thinking about running ads, share Chrissy's episodes with them so that way they can kind of get an unfiltered opinion. The beauty of sharing a podcast episode with somebody is that you know that I'm not going to pop into your DMs and be like, oh, you listened to it. I saw that you did. Like Nobody can do that because that's just not possible. So you have an, an opportunity in a very low pressure way to examine this content and take what you need from it and learn whatever it is you need to learn. Although if we cross paths and the universe is like, Ruthie, reach out to them, then I might. And then it'll just be a, a beautiful synchronicity. So, <laughs> All right. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.